What's up, everybody? Welcome to the very first episode of the Hustlepreneur Life podcast with your host, Dylan. This is our inaugural podcast. Very excited to get started. We have Crackalack on tonight. He's a music entrepreneur. We're going to talk business. We're going to talk kind of how things got started. Yes, he's my best friend. Okay, but I just figured, hey, he's done it before. He's had a podcast and having him on, uh, you know, if I messed up, uh, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. You know, I don't know. Just kidding, obviously. I don't want to mess up. Um, but hey, you know, I figured we could kick things off with him. He's been in business for 15 years. We talk business every day. So I think we could get a good conversation to start episode one. So without further ado, uh, let's get right into it. What's up, man? Dylan, Dylan, welcome to the podcast world. Thank you. How was how was my intro? Was it okay? A little nervous sounding probably? It was good. It was good. I'll work on the intros as I go, you know, so th this is pretty much live. So like this isn't pre-recorded and I'm not post editing anything. So just, you know, it is what's happening now is happening now. Like I can't go back and edit this. So um, we're just kind of keeping it, keeping it alive. You know, I guess that's how podcasts are supposed to be. It's raw. It's raw. Just like how I didn't come back to myself talking uh, when I started talking. I got, I got to get used to the keypads and everything. Uh-huh. A little split screen action. So what's up, man? How, um, you know, how you been? Good and busy, you know. Uh, me and you talk about a lot of the business stuff going on. Just lots of business stuff and lots of hustle and entrepreneur talks that we have. And I'm excited. I'm happy for you with this podcast. I know, right? Cause I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm partially kind of like your life coach a little bit. So Exactly. And, you know, you, you kind of shout me out every now and, and then on Facebook and different things just about how uh, kind of I help you through, you know, just motivational situations or just kind of life coaching type advice. So um, that definitely inspired me or gave me the motivation to go, you know what, like, let me start this podcast. You know, I might not be the person, you know, giving the tips, giving the advice, but I think I am a good mediator or a good um, person to kind of talk through things with with entrepreneurs and different people to help kind of uh, give give the viewers the knowledge, I guess, um, and help share as much tips with them as possible. I feel like you have a really good grasp and understanding on a lot of different things. So right. with you having this podcast, it's a great thing for you to like be able to showcase that. Right. And um, yeah, and, and the first step is pretty much you, you know, kind of kind of letting people get to know you a little bit and just kind of getting some business advice. I think the main thing with this podcast is people um, understanding that basically um, it's going to be different people on the podcast, whether they're into music, whether they're into real estate, whether they're into um, anything. I mean, e-com, anything you can learn. Like like Nick said, I might I have a decent grasp on just kind of understanding a little bit of everything. So I think business is business at the end of the day. So you're going to benefit from listening to somebody, whether they do something totally different than you. It's business at the end of the day. It's side hustles. It's whatever it may be. So, you know, I just I see net networking with all type, types of people, basically. I mean, would you agree mm -hmm. as far as like just you don't need to just network with somebody that's specifically in your lane, I guess. Yeah, there's going to be a, a constant common denominator mm -hmm. which is like wanting more out of life and, right. and that's what you know through talking with you through covid i think that's the main take home that you have is like oh shit i 
I have to do more and yeah. uh, have a lot more streams of income versus the, the job isn't as um, safe. Right, is, safe, is exactly, thought, you know? yeah. yeah. A lot of people, I think, going into COVID thought a nine to five was safe. You got a paycheck, you know, you worked hard. You you know, I'm in, this, I'm in sales, so commission is everything. So that's what I like. I like not having chains on me. So I like having, you know, the harder I work, the more money I make, like point blank. Mm-hmm. Well, when COVID hit, you know, it's just, it's really hurt a lot of industries. And like you said, I mean, thinking back to going like, you know, I got to, yeah, I got, I got to put stuff more into action. You know, I, I think I spent too much time kind of focusing on just all things or, or just kind of having a general guidance on, on life and business. But like now COVID really forced people to like put plans in action. And that's kind of what, what's happening now. How, I agree. how has your business been through COVID? So I guess you can kind of go through some of the things you've done through the last six months, um, what you do and kind of what businesses did you see go up? Did you see any businesses go down? Yeah. So I would say prior to COVID, um, my life kind of revolved around customers. So everything I did was studio sessions where, you know, people come to my studio, crack house recording studio, and I'm one-on-one with them recording, mixing and mastering their songs. There's lots of that. It was lots of, uh, shooting customer music videos, editing customer music videos, making beats for customers, just a lot of customer, customer stuff, which is good for making money. But, um, after doing it for 17 years now, I've built up some status quo for like the brand in general of Crackalack. And I haven't been um, putting that much time and energy into, I guess, myself or back into myself with doing things. There's a million things that I knew for a long time that I could do, I should do, and I would do. I just didn't have time to do it. And after about a month into COVID, that first month was just like getting caught up with all customer videos and things I've already been that and things that I had already been paid for. And once that was done, it was like, oh shit, I have nothing but time on my hands. Like what's all the things that I've always wanted to do that I just didn't have time to do. And it's like, you know, sometimes we all wish that there was more time in a day and we say, I, I wish I could just kind of pause life and then get caught up on all these things and then, you know, resume life. And that's kind of in a weird way what happened. And so, yeah, I I just got a lot of things going. You know, I started my own podcast. Uh, My YouTube really took off since COVID. I was putting more time and energy into YouTube and posting more videos and my subscribers views doubled, tripled, quadrupled. Now I'm actually making a little bit of money on YouTube. just just a, a lot of things that probably wouldn't have happened if I would have just continued in the cycle of, you know, customer, 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 which is good for making money. But long term, the best investment you're going to make is in yourself. And that's what I did a lot of during COVID with like work slowing down or shutting down. So I guess the question is, you know, besides all the you know health and everything related to COVID, we're talking just strictly business. Right. Would you would you say COVID was? Do you do you see COVID? Um, the time COVID gave you during that did you felt like it was a good thing almost like for your business as far as like 
you know, taking a step back almost, like you said, because it, it kind of took time, you know, you had more time. So mm-hmm. what was kind of your takeaway from that? I mean, do you almost see it as a good thing or a blessing, yeah. I guess, in, in, in disguise? It was an eye opener, too, because I realized with like I was in love with I've always been good on having a to do list. You know, the night before I write out like, all right, what are the things that are getting done on Sunday? What are the things getting done on Monday? What are my things for this week? And it was always customers. It was never me. It was never like, you know, go film this video, edit this video. That's going to help you. But it was all just customer stuff. And uh, through doing that, it was like I fell in love with doing stuff for me and how, how I was explaining it to people is like there's some things in life that you do to make a living and then there's things there's other things in life that you do that make you feel like you're living and when I was doing the things for myself like yourself right now with this podcast this today isn't what you do for a living but it's something that makes you feel like you're living you know, right. and that's how it is with me, with all the stuff that I've done, with having the downtime to put out more YouTube videos, connect with people all over the world, other countries. Like, it's it's crazy the amount of people that you can reach from putting out the content. And I'm like, wow, this is from me. Because in the past, I, I had reached large audiences, but it was more so from the artist I was working with. So if I produce a song for this popular singer or rapper, and it reaches a million people. Yes, I was a part of that, but really the million people was reached because of that artist. So when I'm actually doing my own thing and and like I'm the only thing behind this is not connected or tied to anyone else. This is Crackalack showing you how to do this tutorial or Crackalack talking about this. And when you see that reach tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, it made me feel like I was living. Right. Now, I mean, what would you say kind of is your main focus coming out of COVID or I guess, you know, going, I mean, we always set goals. I mean, you got to think uh-huh. of it like it's always yearly goals. So like last year we we're like 2020, this is the year, you know, like it's going to be this, this and this, like this is what's going to happen. Obviously COVID made everybody kind of think on their feet and maybe switch things up and everything changes from month to month anyways. But, you know, COVID aside, kind of uh, whatever may be kind of where do you see yourself, um, you know, kind of what are some goals for 2021 for you? Um, I'm the MVP now. And the MVP is, is, it sounds selfish, but it's very unselfish. But yeah, I just realized all the potential with myself mm-hmm. and man, there's, and then I found the joy in doing that versus, I guess prior, it seemed like I, I would say the same thing for you. It seemed like to make money, I go, I show up to work. And for me, it was like to make money, I work with customers, rappers. Now it's more so, wow, I can make a lot of money not working with rappers, but working with other me's out there, other producers, other videographers. I've learned so much stuff over my 17 years. This is wisdom that you can only get from experiencing it. You know, I I can charge for my time and help people with coaching or game plans. Like one thing that I've always loved doing was um, game plan and strategizing. And, and then you love it too, because right. most of the time when we talk on the phone, that's what we're doing is yeah. we're helping each other with a game plan and strategizing stuff. Like mm-hmm. I love doing that. I think that's probably my favorite thing in life to do work working wise is game right. planning and strategizing. And then what I'm finding is 
it's like 95% of people that I work with or know or meet, they're not succeeding because they aren't good at game planning or strategizing. And so knowing that I could be the missing piece to the puzzle for them and setting up businesses around that or monetizing that specific service, that's something that I'm excited for as far as next year. That's good. And I think we should actually circle back kind of to um, who Crackalack is. So, you know, again, a big thing about this podcast is hustle. You know, it's just all about uh-huh. the hustle, all about the grind. I mean, that's why we're hustlepreneurs. We're entrepreneurs, but at the same time, I guess we're not traditional. When pe- people think of entrepreneurs, sometimes they think of guy in a business suit, guy, you know, owning a business, you know, just kind of like doing things like that. Well, there's that hustle to it. Um, I'm, I've always been a big believer in having a nine to five to fund your side hustles or having mm-hmm. basically there's there's nothing wrong with having a nine to five if you use that to your advantage basically like you know you make more money than what you what your expenses so you have that money to basically invest you know you have um you know basically the resources to take yourself to a level you know where you want to go so my question to you is when when did crackalack last have a nine to five and what kind of what was the result of that so i'm 32 as of right now and the last time i had a nine to five i was 21 so it's been 11 years with making a full-time income off of music so the label i gave myself is a music entrepreneur i was going to call it a music hustler or a music entrepreneur both of those second words is hustler and entrepreneur this right. is hustlepreneur mm-hmm. so yeah uh and that came from you know being 15 years old uh, my best friend started doing music told me i should do it too me and him had experience with uh boy bands when we were in like right. middle school and then a rock band he was playing the guitar i was taking drum lessons and then rap got cool and like nelly 50 cent that era of the early 2000s and uh yeah yeah started rapping like making music um the the whole hustle side once i was just doing music and going through my you know you got to put 10,000 hours in to become a master at anything so on my 10,000 hour journey i was an artist myself so i was making a beat then i was rapping to it and then i was recording and mixing my song and practicing learning how to do it getting good at it and then people started asking I like your beats. Who makes your beats? Now the hustler switch goes off. Oh, I make my beats. How much would you charge to make beats for me? Now I'm making some side money from selling beats to other people. Where, where my main focus was famous, world famous rapper myself. But then I seen all these side hustles open up where, hey, your, your music quality sounds good. Who records, mix and masters your songs? Oh, I do. How much would you charge to record, mix and master my songs? Or right, side hustle. Yep, I'll start mixing your guys' songs, 25 bucks, $50, whatever it was back then. And then I started doing some videos. Also, Now, real quick, touch base. When you talk about each thing you did, kind of give a time frame of how long you did that for. So, like, yep, when, so, you, when you start mixing mastering, like, how, how long did you continue doing that for? So, I started at 15 and then 16, getting into 17. Once I turned 18, right out of out of high school was when I first started making some money from mixing other people's songs. 
And then also the same thing with, I was making beats 15, 16, 17. Once I turned 18, I sold my first beat for like $5. Now, what'd that setup look like? Where um, were you at? Have, well, bedroom, bedroom, you know, yep, had a bedroom, had a little desk, had a closet um, with, you know, the mattress topper foam yeah. stapled up on the walls. And so stuff. you converted, the, the you took out them clothes and said, you know what, I'm putting the, I'm putting the booth in here. Exactly. You that's know? the hustle. I mean, that that's, that's that little stuff that people, you know, you know, especially people who know you now, you know, it's just people don't understand sometimes the grind. Like where mm-hmm. you where you actually start from and what things look like. What I like most about it is when when I was coming up, I feel like a like an OG. But when I was coming up, the internet wasn't what it was today. So back then, you couldn't search on YouTube how to make beats, watch tutorials for four days, and be sweet as hell in two weeks. Like no, I sucked for ten years. Yeah, exactly. Because there was no information. So that required way more heart way more passion way more dedication you can't youtube how to do something that much huh like i don't even think youtube there probably wasn't tutorials right exactly back then you know it was like you just had to go through it and fail and fail and fail and spend hours and weeks and months and figuring it out there wasn't a tutorial to answer it right now so you went from mixing selling your first beat now, where did the nine to five, you know, was there a nine to five in there somewhere? Yeah, it just random job. So when I was 18, I worked at GNC. I was always into like fitness and working out and stuff. So I worked there for almost like a year. And that was just, you know, it, it was always just wherever I worked was just a job. It was yeah. never like a permanent thing. I, I just knew like it was like I knew I was going to do music for a living. This is just a temporary job to have enough money to pay for my car payment, gas, phone bill, things like that. So your dream was always on your mind Music. the entire time working. Yep. Yep. I used to have a, a pocket small, like the size of my fingers, notepad, and I would keep it in my pocket. So my dad had a construction company yep. and I would work part time whenever I felt like it and just doing stupid, you know, grunt labor stuff, carry. Right, right. 400 pounds of wooden sheets from the front yard into the upstairs bedroom. Like, oh, okay, I'll be doing this for three hours. And uh, yeah, just, I I knew always that this was a temporary thing. This is a temporary thing. Yep, I I got X amount of money. I can live off this for months, Mm -hmm. you know? Now, at what point did you go, all right, I'm done even trying nine to fives or I'm done even wasting, like in your mind, I assume it was probably wasting time. Yeah. So I would say from 18 to 21, it was lots of just random side jobs. Uh, It might be a few months go by with nothing. And then I worked somewhere for like a month, you know, help my dad for a month and make a thousand dollars and live off that for a few months and then get a random job through temporary places at factories and stuff. And the last time I had a job was a factory and I remember I worked there for like five weeks and it was just to get my mom off my back and to make a little bit of money. And when I got hired in, it was like the people that got hired in with me, they were there for life. It was, right. yeah. They even said like, we made it right in 90 days. We get bumped up 75 cents yeah. and another every six months we get a 25 cent raise or whatever. And, 
they were ecstatic about it. And I was depressed, miserable, lifeless, like borderline suicidal. Like that's how much I hated a job. And uh, I worked there for five weeks and I realized during these five weeks, I'm 21 years old. I used to work on my career every day. I used to either make a beat, record a song, mix a song, learn video stuff. I used to do that type of stuff every single day during these five weeks of this job, I didn't do anything music related. I also worked there for five weeks. It was like $13 an hour, $12 an hour, something like that, living at home. So I didn't have rent. Mm -hmm. I had made enough money to where I could live off it for three, four months, you know, and I'm just thinking to myself long term. I've I've always had long term vision and I'm thinking I'm 21 years old. I have this job that I hate, hate my life, don't want to, not excited about tomorrow at all. And I only have this job because I feel pressure from my mom that you need to get a job. You need to get a job. If you don't have a job, you're a loser. And yeah, it just, it just felt counterproductive. My career, you know, while you're young is the best time to go all in. Me and you today, we have mortgage payments, car payments. We have a family. We have a lot more responsibilities. When I was 21, I didn't have none of that. I had a car and that was it. No kids, no family, no mortgage, nothing. So I just thought, okay, let me quit this job and I'll utilize my time to really work more. And the music stuff made more money than the job because the music stuff was even at this time when I was 21, I was doing like $25 an hour for studio time, or I had this job that was like $13 an hour force, but I just didn't have enough clientele. I wasn't popular enough at the time, at the time to, to have the music side hustle stuff wasn't consistent enough, you know, or reliable or dependable. It was just kind of like crossing my fingers that my phone would ring and sometimes it would, sometimes it wouldn't. Sometimes maybe a week would go by and I made no money. And then the next day I made $300, just very hit or miss. And once I quit my job and it just worked out. Now, I guess to me, my question would be, did you, did you want to make that leap? Because you're like, man, I can make so much more money doing something else. Doing what it I was love. more so I hated this. It was just more so I hate. So you were actually more so chasing the passion. It wasn't even so much the money. It was the the happiness you were, you know, the happiness mm-hmm. of doing something that you actually wanted to do, basically. Yep. I think that's what's 100%. interesting too when it comes down to business is like, some people get caught up in like trying to make money. Like they chase the money, and what I've learned from Gary V and like different people, um, you know, the money will come. You know, when you're doing something that you're passionate about. I mean, Gary Vee is like huge on that. You know, if, if you're doing something you're passionate about, follow your passion. If mm-hmm. I, I think he was telling one person one time, he was like, you know, if you love the Smurfs, he was like, you could love the Smurfs. Everything about the Smurfs. Well, guess what? There's millions of people out there that love the Smurfs too. So his whole point was sell Smurf stuff or like, you know, basically it, it was a very, very like basic kind of analysis. But his whole point was, do something you're passionate you can turn anything that you're the difference is if you're chasing money you might not figure out how to make money because you're always going to be chasing what you could do to make money basically it's but if you're passionate about something you'll find a million ways to take your passion and make money from it and i think that's that's, yeah like you know so 
kind of continue because you you got about what ten more years now. Uh, so where where was that? Where was the the biggest struggle? I I guess to say, what age range do you think was the biggest struggle, the biggest fight for you to go? I'm I'm quitting. I'm not quitting. I love what uh, I'm doing. I hate what I'm doing. Twenty one to twenty three. So when I was twenty three, I had a kid. When mm-hmm. I was 21, I quit my job. And again, from 21 to 23, you know, some weeks I'd make $500 off of music, whether it was studio time, beats, videos. Some weeks I'd make 50 bucks. And then the next week I might make $2,000. So it was very up and down, hit or miss, uh, very inconsistent. And so sometimes it would slow down to the point where I would start thinking, man, I hate a job. I remember that feeling of depression and hating life with the job. Maybe I need to get a job for a little bit just to have some more money. I I just felt like when my phone wasn't ringing and and this is where like true hustlers, you, you adapt because you have to. It's like to survive, you have to adapt. And so if my phone's not ringing, how do I make my phone ring? You have to learn about marketing and branding. Well, what the fuck is that stuff? So trial and error I started digging into that and now I figured out oh I'm I've now learned how to build my brand I've now learned how to uh, market myself and run ads and I did all this stuff because I had to if I didn't do this stuff at 23 once I hit 23 that's where it became consistent enough to where a job was completely out of my mind now you know when you had Maya, right at yep. twenty three, what, what, what did that? What was that? Because I, I obviously had Carter recently. You know, uh-huh. and he's nineteen months now, so I know that struggle, man. Like, I know that time it takes, you know, for a kid and just, you know, all that, all the things that come with the kid. You know, obviously you didn't have a nine to five, so it also gave you, like, for me, my struggle too is I have a nine to five. And then I come home, but I want to see him. I want to see my wife, but I also want, like, I'm so, like, passionate and so hungry to to build and work and build our future now because not only did I, I've always been this way, even pre-kid, but it's like mm-hmm. now that I have him, like, I want, like, everything's for him and the family. Like, now I'm just, like, it, I'm even more passionate because of him. So at 23, I mean, what did you go through as far as, I know there's those struggles of, again, maybe time or, like, struggle, but kind of, did you get a new boost of confidence, actually, by having a kid? I mean, what did, what was those feeling? Um, well, well, knowing that I was going to have a kid, it gave me a deadline, because that's something that I've used to help me be more productive or get more things done, is having a deadline. So, just, just what, it was like two weeks ago, me and my girlfriend Alyssa, we went on a getaway three hours away to Manistee, Michigan. And prior to this, two weeks before I booked the trip, I'm swamped, I'm stressed out, I'm overwhelmed. I had like 17 to 20 videos I needed to edit on top of daily stuff. And it's very overwhelming and wanting to still make time to exercise so you're not a fat fuck and then spend time with your family and be a decent dad and spend time with them. Right. Um, and, and so I gave myself a deadline, I'm like, here, in two weeks let's book a trip we're gonna get away and i know that i'm only going to enjoy this trip if i'm done with these things so that's like that's my finish line Mm -hmm. so 
and it's something that's always worked for me. So with knowing when you find out you're going to have a kid, you know it's not going to be tomorrow. It's going to be six months, seven months, eight months. So now you have a deadline. Like, okay, where am I at in life right now? Where's my income? Uh, I need to pay this car off. I need to do this. I need to do that. It gives yourself some sort of deadline. And um, that helped me a lot to get my shit together, get my shit in order by the time she was born. And then once she was born, as far as, you know, how people want balance, um, right out pretty much a few months later after she's born, we did 50-50 custody. So I knew, okay, I have my daughter half the time. So while I'm with her being a entrepreneur, I can make my own schedule. So my schedule was I'm not working while I have her. Right. So half of my life, I'm just not working. I'm, I'm here with her in, and granted, I did have an online CD duplication business, so I would still make money easily, very passively doing the online business to not worry about like you know finances like that. But then I would know, okay, the other half of the time she's gone with her mom, so this half of the time, it's grind time. Like I'd be laying in bed on Friday nights, knowing every Saturday Maya leaves. Okay, tomorrow is Saturday. Tomorrow's the day. Tomorrow I have 10 hours of studio sessions. I got to film this video. I got to edit this video. Like, and I would have 16 to 18 hour work days on them three to four days a week that she wasn't there to make up for, okay, she comes back tomorrow. I'm chilling. Like, so that was my balance for a, a quite some time, some years, three years or so. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing uh, with business and just with that hustle. Again, it's all about balance. It's all about time management. I think time management is key. I know me and you, one of our biggest or our favorite quotes is kind of like, um, uh, or basically that not so much a quote, but just basically that time is the most valuable asset that we own because you never get time back, you know? And mm -hmm. I, I think if a lot of people, it can stress you out. I, I'm not going to admit, like having that thought stresses me out because like, if I freaking waste one second doing something, you know, that I find wasteful, like, you know, it like eats at you because you're like, man, I could have been doing something that was more worth my time. So I, I think it's a good and an evil at some points, you know, but like you said, if you have a schedule, if you have balance, you know, it it puts it in perspective. Basically, you, you won't get so stressed out because like you said, you knew when you had Maya, like I'm not working like so you can. You can relax like that stresses off like you know when she's gone like it's grind time you know so mm -hmm. i think i think most entrepreneurs or people who are looking for side hustles need to realize like you know you gotta just balance that time and it's time management at the end of the day i think also with having a clear vision like if you if you have a True. clear vision on exactly what you want and what you have to do you don't feel so guilty taking time away from them are you like you got to get your whole family on board with what the vision is. And, you know, it could be uh, we have this much debt to pay off. We're buying a car and buying a house all in the next 16 months. This is what we have to do. Like, daddy's got to go to work. Right. This is this is what's happening. Yeah. And, yeah, once you have that clear vision, um, yeah, you don't really feel guilty or things like, you know, you're taking care of business. You're sticking to the plan. Right. I'm, I'm a strong believer too in the whole just start kind of concept where it's like just start like if you have an idea like I'm big on planning business planning I mean that's what me and you talk about too is like writing out business plans or just kind of setting that vision like you said so you don't get stressed out because you have like seven businesses you're working you're trying to work on all at once but it's like 
you're never going to finish one or, or complete task if you constantly are jumping around. And, you know, even though I give you tips sometimes on that, I fall into the same, uh, you know, rut of that, especially with COVID, because it's like with COVID that that kind of like you said, like instead of having a five year plan, it became like we got to figure out something now because, yeah. you know, my you know, my job could be gone tomorrow. We don't know because, you know, I'm not the owner of my my business you know i'm an employee so i'm at the mercy of the owners or kind of what's going on in the world right now so um you know that grind you know can have me reaching for things sometimes you know i'm like oh let me try this okay let me try this let me try that let me try that but you know it can be a struggle but i i also think that if you don't try stuff you don't know like you know like six months ago, hustlepreneur was not on my mind. Like that, that name wasn't even a, a concept that mm-hmm. came from me trying like three other things or kind of working on three, four other things. And I started to realize, Oh man, like I think this might be what I want to do. You know, like remember I, I brought this up to you on the phones where I always joked around about having like a talk show, like a Jimmy Fallon style kind of, you know, talk show. Like I've always been, into that i used to low-key want to be an actor like back in the day like okay in school and stuff like i wanted to get my ben affleck on you know all that stuff but uh you know like i've always wanted to do so many things you know um i used to think i could rap maybe you know but i knew right away i couldn't rap though that was that was one thing i knew i couldn't get on the track even though you know i would get tempted you know uh knowing you you freestyle in your car still to this day Oh, you know, oh, I can. I know every song to Lil Wayne, Drake. You know any song you name. I, you know, I know it. But uh, um, yeah, you know. So like, that's what I always feel like is that sometimes I can do way more than what I should do. And I think yeah. again, that vision is really the main thing. Just knowing what you want to do, and then you know, ruling stuff out, which has kind of been the thing you've grasped uh, recently, also with kind of the saying no thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I yeah. think I think that's I think that's the biggest point to all this is kind of, you know, whether it's a side hustle, a nine to five, owning your own business, you know, come up with ideas, you know, notepads, come up with ideas, have a vision um, and just start, you know, like if you wouldn't have started when you were 15, 16, 17, I mean, who knows if you would be where you're at now. And it's a grind, mm-hmm. man, like nothing's a get rich quick scheme. You know? Exactly. So now that you're kind of transitioning from you you've transitioned a few times from different things. Can you kind of list, you know, what what's your revenue streams or your income streams? Um yeah, so as of today, I would say most of my income comes from uh, video work as far as shooting music videos uh, how we we're talking about things that you enjoy doing like passion passionate about this and and I can make money off of it right. or just make money off of it weddings for me right mm-hmm. I started doing some weddings and at first I was making like five times what I made off of music videos doing weddings and it was like oh I like doing weddings not so much because I'm passionate about weddings and love and capturing the moments but that's some good money well as I got more established and popular shooting music videos and and when music videos and weddings were the same price now it's like (laughs) 
I don't like doing weddings. Right. I like doing music videos. Like I, I need to stick to, so it's not, it's never always about the money. Exactly. But the thing is though, for people watching that or listening in the beginning, you have to do a lot of different stuff, whether you like it or not to get by, to make money. So if I was starting to today, I'd probably doing, I'd be doing photo shoots, family pictures, senior pictures, filming weddings, filming gender reveals, music videos, performances, all sorts of stuff to make money off of my camera. And then once I found, I really like specifically doing music videos. That's all I want to do. I just want to dominate the music video field. And, uh, and then that's what you do. But in the beginning, you don't have the luxury of being able to do that. You got to have a lot of different sources of income. You know, I said I was going to bring a bell. I forgot I have a little bell at work. I was going to bring it, and I was going to ding it every time a, a gem was dropped. Because to me, that that was a gem right there. Um, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying, man. You got you got to do it all. Like you you when you're starting out, because it's kind of like the the high school method or like the school method where everybody's like, well, why am I doing history? I hate history. Or why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? You know, why do they teach me all these things in high school? And I think the one good thing about them you having all these different subjects is you're never going to know if you like doing something if you're not kind of if, if you don't get a taste of everything you know you, you kind of gotta like you said trial and error you gotta shoot though if you, if you know you love your camera and you love shooting videos like you said man you, you gotta try different things because you don't know which one's gonna stick um you know and i think that's that's kind of a uh an important thing for people to remember is just you gotta try you know, you got to get started. You got to try, um, you know, find find the passion, find something, you know, and work on it, you know, because at the end of the day, if you're not passionate about it, like you said, chasing that money, you're going to find out, man, I'm unhappy. And I think mm -hmm. that's one thing they talk about, too. So many millionaires and so many people are unhappy. And it's like, how oh, they got so much money? It's because they hate they still hate what they're doing. <laughs> you know, they're yeah, I've made the most money of my life in the last few years. I mean, every year it keeps going like this, but lots of unhappiness in the last couple of years. And then, so that's what I tell people too, is when you run into someone that how, how's business and you say, man, I'm busy. They're all busy is good. I learned last year or two years ago that there's such thing as too busy because happiness is a factor too. And so I was so busy. Business was good, making a lot of money, but I was like working so much that there was no happiness there. It was just like video after video after video after video. I'd be shooting a video for someone and my prices were so cheap that they'd be talking about how much for 15 videos. And I'm like, 15 videos? I'm trying to do a good job on this video, let alone another video. I have a video shoot tomorrow and then two right. more the next day. Like, so that's where I learned about supply and demand. And, you know, it's good to say no. I think the most successful people say no to a lot of different things. And, uh, yeah, that's that's changed a lot of shit in the last six months for me is saying no to a lot of stuff and even like going forward as of right now i do not have a music video booked in the next two months because i've like shut down the operation and i mean mainly due to i'm about to get shoulder surgery but yeah i i don't know i don't feel desperate right and, and i think that's that's a thing in the beginning you're getting started you're desperate i need as much money as i can get right now i'm i'm good i'm comfortable and i'm comfortable like financially but i'm i'm not like complacent you know mm -hmm. so i'm very something's got to change right now i got to do it it's on me but 
just how, we talked on the phone earlier where my studio being popular like it's all up to me to make my studio what it can be so so i'm aware of that so now it's time to say no to all of these other ideas that i have and i got to focus on this one i got to get this one fully optimized and making as much money as it can and should because it's all on me and then once this is established let me move on to the next project now i think that's a good segue kind of into kind of this last topic of passive income and i think once mm-hmm. once you reach that point of being able to build passive income that's when that money is made that's when life take you know that funnel opens like and it just it's yeah. it's like an endless supply and i think you're to that point now right of you know like you said like video work takes your time now explain a little bit about the studio too because people might think like oh you know well you're going to be in the studio you know but kind of explain your studio breakdown a little bit yeah so i went to atlanta sometime last year and there's a point to the story i I linked up with producer grind who's like you know established big dogs in the the music producer world and i i asked dylan the ceo what's the name of the studio he said oh this is sunny studio and i'm like oh sunny this must be sunny digital studio how cool would it be if he's actually here well, we go inside and of course he's not there. He just owns the studio. Well, about two and a half hours in, we're almost done. Dork opens and pokes his head. Oh shit, it's Sunny Digital. How cool is that? He poked his head, came in, shook some hands, took some pictures. We met, had a conversation, exchanged numbers. And right there, I was like, okay, that's what I want to do at my studio. I don't want to be the guy that's always there doing the session. I want to be the owner. I want to be Sunny Digital. I want to be the guy that pokes his head in and drops some water bottles off or drops right. some chips. And um, so with studio shutting down, my whole life consists of me doing things around me. Studio opens back up after you know the governor lifted the restrictions, and boom! I need studio. I need studio. I need studio. I need studio. And even at at the time, it was fifty dollars an hour. I'm thinking. Bro, if I sit in the studio all day, eight hours, 10 hours a day, I'm actually losing money from what I had built up for myself with being closed at the studio. I need to find a way to passively start making some money because to anyone listening or watching, you can make six figures a year actively by, you know, in my field of work it's it's let me make a beat sell it boom i actively just did this and got some money let me go do a session 50 75 dollars an hour that's actively making money i can go shoot your music video get paid this i actively did that passive income is making money while you're asleep and um or or making money while you're making money doing other things you know like i, I travel a lot to shoot music videos with raising my prices um and so I'm gone a lot. Well, how cool would, why does my studio have to be shut down while I'm gone shooting these videos? And then when I come back, I have to edit all these videos. So I can't be at the studio. So it opened my mind to about six months ago. Let me find a few engineers that I trust their sound and quality that I can hire at the studio and I can pay them hourly. And then the studio can still make money hourly. And now they're making more money than any job that they probably have and then the studio is also staying open and now i don't have to turn down that 40 60 hours a week the demand of people wanting studio time so now i'm passively making money as like the studio owner 
and uh that's i'm excited about that now i think people need to realize too that you know cracks also providing to other people a way to make money so you know i don't know these two uh engineers you know personally so i don't know if they have nine to fives or if they have jobs or whatever but you know they they're just you know they're possibly just starting out they're obviously good producers but my point is you know they're not to the point of being able to have their own studio or you know crack has that you have that studio you know you have the resources basically and it's a it's a really good studio so it's a give and take you know like he's getting a cut because it's like rent think of like a barber in a barber chair you know like they're Mm -hmm. paying you know for that barber chair they're paying to have that you know that barbershop basically and have that chair and have clients coming in where they can possibly get walk-ins or have an established business for places to go so you know it's that it's that perfect storm of you know you're helping them out and they're helping you out like it's it's a good partnership and you know essentially it becomes it ends up being like employees you know where um you know but they get to be independent like they get to treat it like it's their own too and they get to be a part of something that you know hopefully will continue to be a great thing you know yeah it it makes me happy to have uh i feel like i'm it's more responsibility right with the studio like knowing that they have families and knowing that they have kids and me knowing like oh my phone just went off someone booked five hours with one of them like right yep there we go like i know they need that i know i need that right like win-win situation hopefully they do a good job with them they make the customer happy now they got this customer, you know, because clientele is the hardest thing to get in the beginning. And so with having an established studio with clientele, mm-hmm. too much clientele for one person. So that's what right. I'm saying is like, look, guys, I'm only going to be here one or two days a week from now on. I know that a lot of you want to be here. Here's these guys, you know, they're available and they're good. Right. I guess we could use the studio, the studio almost as like a... Um, like an example. So basically, you know, you had home studios, you know, whether in different homes. And, and then I remember my dad would go help build booths in the basements of some of them. And, you know, the progression of, you know, now uh, you lease a studio um, in Michigan uh, in, in a nice building, you know, and you have your own spot. And I think what's cool about it is you used to be the only one there. And then now you have two employees there and now not only do you have two employees there you have somebody helping you run the social media and then from having somebody help you run the social media now now we're hitting now we're going to that next phase of facebook ads you know and and some people that know you that might be watching this or listening to this are probably going yeah i've seen i've seen those ads like crazy recently and i think that's i mean that progression did not happen overnight you know it was you know, like you said, 10, you know, you know, especially, uh, I would say what, 10 years since actually having a studio, kind of like your first studio or 15 years from having like a studio, your first, I guess you can't first discredit like bedrooms. You studio? can't discredit the bedrooms. You know, that, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. that was 15 years old. Right. So I mean, 17 years then. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, man, like, you know, things might happen quicker for some people. Things might not. I know, we live in the age now, like you said, where, you know, 18 year olds, you know, 19 year olds, 20 year olds can progress a lot faster on certain things because they have all the tools. 
So I think right. the main takeaway from this, especially if you're like younger than us, is that you have the tools. To me, it's almost like you definitely don't have the excuses. Like if For you sure. if you're young right now, like extra young, and you and you're really born, like we we grew up in internet, you know, land, but we didn't we weren't born into it, you know. Like a lot of stuff still didn't exist when we were born, and I guess that somewhat ages us. But you know, I mean, like the internet still and social media and all that stuff is really new. So, like Gary V again, I mean, I love him. I know you love him. He's really big on just you know taking to social media and using that as a tool and you literally have i know facebook and instagram uh you know lately has uh really made it pay to play you know when it comes to businesses but there's still no excuses you can you can engage you can progress your business um all on your own i mean i think that was a big thing for me too like starting the hustlepreneur stuff it was like the time you know again grant cardone is big on time too and 10xing your results and 10xing your thinking it's like oh i don't have time but think of how many times you get on instagram or social media right now facebook or whatever and you just scroll not you know not doing anything with business not doing anything you know not doing anything you're just on there scrolling well i simply changed my mindset and said you know no let me use let me let me work on the hustlepreneur let me get on that instagram and like comment on people and you know, engage with people. Like, let me do that. I still check mine, you know, once in a while just to kind of see what's up with people. But, you know, I think it's also cool to see some of the guys I'm running into that are big on e-commerce and things like that. Their personal pages, because they don't need their personal pages for when it comes to e-commerce. Like you, you're building a brand. So your personal page is your business brand. So you focus mm-hmm. on that. You put a lot of time and energy and you see the payoff. But some of these other guys who are in the e-com, they don't focus. Yeah, their their personal Instagrams might have little followings at all. And somebody might go, well, if you're so great at social media, like, why is your personal page so low? And the point is, they they don't make money from that. Like, they spend all day on three, four, five other Instagram pages that are all business pages, that are all e-commerce-based websites. And they're building that. So I think that's one takeaway to take from that is, like, you do have time to shift that shift that mental thinking from, you know, spending all your time doing, you know, BS basically and and actually work on your business or work on something that can be productive. It's kind of how we were saying successful people say no. Right. It's it's, uh, not trying to make more time to get things done it's paying attention to like not doing certain things that take up your time that you're doing every day exactly because there's a balance again especially when you're working nine to five man i burn out like i do i really do like i need i do need those moments of like mental clarity or like kind of like you know getting myself back to normal or recharging because Mm -hmm. you burn out like you really do um especially when you have a nine to five but I'm nowhere near in my life right now where like I would, you know, quit a nine to five and like focus on a business because I think you also have to be smart at the same time. Like I have a family now. Maybe that was something I could have done 10 years ago. Like you said, you know, you were living with family. You were still young, you know, younger than what we were obviously now. So like you took that time. And again, if you're young right now and you live with your parents, like how's the time? Like if you're smart and you're successful, are successful minded, I should say, because 
you want to see that success, like take this opportunity now to, to build and work on business, like work on something that you're passionate about because it's going to get you a lot farther. You know, now I have to worry about health insurance, you know, like I, if I quit my job, I have no health insurance. You know, my wife right. is a stay at home mom, especially due to COVID, um, you know, finding a nice job right now is just, it's not easy. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, I think being smart, um, is also a huge thing too, that Mark Cuban talks about. Um, Mark Cuban's like big on, you know, using your own money to build a business, like trying not to get loans, like basically saying there's, there's ways to, to reduce your risk, um, and, and really catapult your rewards is by basically focusing on, uh, you know, there's a there's a certain point of safety i guess you know safety can be a bad thing because i could go uh you know i always have my nine to five you know like you know always basically a fallback plan which i know a fallback plan is not always the best thing to have because you know if you have a fallback plan it's basically that safety net that's not going to let you take those extra risks that you need to take to succeed so have you felt not having a safety net has really helped you kind of get through everything? Yeah, hundred percent. There was never any other option. There was never any other plan. Nothing made sense in my life except for doing what I do. So like knowing that, understanding that being smart enough to really realize what that means. And it's, it's like if you simplify problems, they become easy. So if you think about what do I really want? For me, it was world favorite, world famous. In the beginning, it was world famous rapper. Mm-hmm. And so like, okay, what do I have to do to be a world famous rapper? Okay, I need to keep making songs. And then I kept making songs. And then it, it led to me realizing, okay, maybe that's not the route that I want to go down. I really like doing this stuff. I'm confident in this stuff. This is what, and it was making beats. So then it was like, okay, world famous music producer. But I realized that to be a world famous music producer, it does not require a bachelor degree, a master's degree, an associate's degree. It's all based on how good your beats are, um, networking, knowing the right people, traveling. So it's like, okay, let me simplify. I, I just need to make the best beats I possibly can, which isn't easy. It doesn't happen overnight. There's lots of hundreds of bad beats that lead to good beats right. and then there's hundreds of hundreds to thousands of good beats that lead to fire beats amazing hit record beats so you just got to make as much beats as you can and then the whole networking part and then then i realized oh, okay nowadays you don't need record labels and things like that i just need to learn about branding and build my brand and so I, it's just evolving and uh just simplifying everything you know now this turn to i guess here ending ending the podcast basically with some some top fives top tens top different things for you so um actually again just list list in order again everything that you make revenue from basically it doesn't have to be in order but just kind of you know let's see let's hear them all right, so I would say videos. Yep. It could be music videos, weddings, whatever videos. Uh, owning the studio, working in the studio, doing sessions, uh, selling beats, uh, 
YouTube, coaching calls. I mean, that that's six. Oh, the C- CD duplication yeah. company. Yeah. So, I mean, that's seven right there. You know, the average millionaire has seven sources of income. So, yeah. There you go. So you're on your way. That's 2021. I'm away. Right? Yeah. That's my big thing. I got I got two years. Remember, my my thing is uh, be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. So, um, you know, I got to start building those revenue streams and just focusing, uh, you know, focusing, grinding mm-hmm. basically the hustle. That and that's also the great. People might go, oh my god, how are you gonna make a million dollars by 30? I don't know. I'm gonna figure it out though. I'm gonna try. And again, I'm telling you, the 10x rule by Grant Cardone will like change people's lives when it's like he's like you know basically. Why would you be realistic and say, oh, I want to, you know, make $100,000, you know, a year when you could say, because basically the idea is like, you might not hit that goal, but basically if I say, yeah. I'm a, if I say, I'm, realistically, I think I can do a hundred, hundred K, you know, a year, but I, I tell myself I'm going to do a million. I might fall short of a million, but I might end up at 600,000 compared to a hundred thousand because I don't know. I, I had to figure out how to get to a million, and, and that's kind of the idea, you know. See, that that would be good for someone like me because I'm very like when you said that's your goal for next year. No, it's not. Right. <laughs> when you said a millionaire, yeah. no, I I know where I'm at this year, and I know where I was at the year before, and the year before, and the year before. I see this. I don't see this. Right. But it's I am optimistic. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, and I am thinking of, you know, like again all the things that i could do should do would do just didn't have time like no let me make time and exactly get this thing going and get this thing going and even if it means hiring people to help you like my goal this year was to hire five people and i'm at one two three potentially five in the next like week or two right so that that's it's that mindset you know, it's just, next year would be like 20. yeah it's just that it's just turning that switch on you know of like again, you might fall short, but guess what? It's you're going to be a lot farther than you would have been, you know, sure. or if, if you were realistic. Um, so let's hear some tips. Top top five tips for somebody just starting out. Just starting out, and you you can do you can do if you want to do it related to music because that's what you do, or if you think you have five good tips just for any entrepreneur just starting out, that could probably help them, you know, maybe get started a little bit quicker, I guess. Yeah, I, I would say one is being patient because, you know, patience is key. But also with two, it would be have a sense of urgency because mm-hmm. there's a difference between lazy and like super patient. So, so you, you do have to be in and, and a lot of it, too. I would say number three would be understanding the process. Right. So like know what you're getting yourself into and, and understand have realistic expectations as far as some people I've shot music videos for certain artists and they'll start laughing at the video shoot. And I'll say like, hey, you know, like what's so funny? They're like, man, I'm just picturing what color Lamborghini I'm gonna get when this video comes out. And it's like, <laughs> okay, you have no sense of understanding on how, how this right. works. Yeah. You know, like the video comes out, it's got a hundred views. There's no dollars or pennies made from this. Right. Um, no Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. So be patient. But two, have a sense of urgency. Three, understanding what you're getting yourself into. Right. Uh, four, you have to be passionate about it because you're going to face all sorts of, oh, shit, this just happened. Oh, I quit. 
you know, right. but and if you're quick to quit, you're not fully passionate or into it. And so that's something that I've been in tune with myself throughout this process is every time things with uh, like weddings go bad, like it makes me want to quit, never do one again, makes me want to quit, never do one again. I clearly am not very passionate about doing weddings. Right. If I had to write down the 20 things that I make money from that make me happy, weddings probably wouldn't be on that list. So right. clearly I don't, I'm not passionate about weddings. So maybe I shouldn't do weddings no more. Right. So find things that you're passionate about. And then the last thing would be uh, looking into all the different ways and options of monetizing it. So even like with you, with this podcast, understanding or you might know of one way to make money off of this and it could be like Spotify streams or something, mm -hmm. but understanding that there's, there might be 13 or 15 different ways that you don't know of. So right. like understanding all the different ways that you can monetize it and say they would beats some people, the standard way you would think about making money from beats is selling a beat to a rapper. Boom. But that's only one way you can get uh, sync placements and you can get beats on tv shows get beats in movies you can sell beats to companies that do royalty free things and you get a cut of every different thing like there's a million different maybe not a million but there's lots of different ways to make money doing lots of different things so find the things that you enjoy doing figure out all the different ways to make money off of it understand the process be patient but also have a sense of urgency now i think youtube 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 YouTube. I, I think I yeah. can't say that enough. I love YouTube. You love YouTube. I think YouTube is the greatest thing out there right now. I barely watch any TV at all. Like Sorry. at this point, I'm, I'm on YouTube all the time, like watching anything from financial advice to business advice to investing advice. Again, it all kind of ties into real estate. You know, I want to get into real estate podcast mm -hmm. stuff. Like you said, just finding ways of monetizing things. But just learn, basically, like learn from YouTube. Um, so I guess we'll just uh, end with this kind of where what are some websites you, you know, shout, shout yourself out? Like what where can people find you can speak to again to your music people? Remember, this will probably fit mainly music people, um, you know, uh -huh. uh, but yeah. All right. First off, I'm on YouTube, Crackalike TV. We are almost at 40,000 subscribers. So that's that's dope. I, I want to get to 100,000. My goal this year was 100,000. You know, again, like you were saying, that's set, a 10x, 10x rule. rule. My goal was to go from 20 to 100. I didn't get to 100, but I doubled up. Doubled, I did go yeah. from 20 to 40, you yeah. know, and maybe if realistically I was on track to maybe go from 20 to 23 or 20 to 24, but I had that goal of 100. So I got to fell short and got to 40. Mm -hmm. But uh, yep, YouTube, Crackalack TV, Instagram, Crack underscore Lack. I'm on Facebook, Crackalack. Bam, worldlegacyclothing.com. Shout it up. Hold your shirt up. Living yes, sir. Um, CrackhouseRecordingStudio.com for any music artists that want to come into one of Michigan's top studios around. Where you uh, at on Google reviews? You hit that number one yet? I actually haven't checked, but um, if I'm not number one, I'm in the top five, absolutely. So it, three months from when this airs, or three months from today, right. be number one on on Google in the state of Michigan for there you go. if you recording studio near me. Yeah. 
one dollar that's, that's enough one dollar one dollar cd duplication one dollar cd duplication or if people want some one-on-one help you can go to crackalackbeats.com slash coaching if you want to find out about music video pricing crackalackbeats.com slash book music video uh for beats crackalackbeats.com doesn't that isn't doesn't that just excite you like having all that to shout out? Yeah, my favorite is like, hey, Crackalack, you got somewhere where I can hear your beats, and I'm like, huh, yeah. Crackalackbeats.com. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, do you still do the one dollar CD duplication yeah. thing? One dollar CD duplication.com. There you hey, go. Hey, where can I buy some of that World Legacy clothing? WorldLegacyClothing.com. Yeah, I, the websites are still. I heard mixed reviews on people saying like, "Oh, websites aren't worth it anymore." Like, hell no, websites are absolutely worth it. They are. They the time savers. Yeah, it's a one hundred percent worth. Like you said, it's it's a place they can go get information. It's a place where they can go check things out. Again, man, time. You don't got time. Like, what are you gonna do? Send, you know, copy and paste a bunch of things to people, or like send. No, like go to the website, check it out. You know. Hey, Dylan, what do you got in the extra large? Like, right. go to the website. Yeah. <laughs> it's got yeah. everything, pictures, sizes, yeah, description. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I, I thank you for being the first one. Um, a little longer than I expected. You know, I was trying to keep them from 30 minutes to, like, 45 minutes. But I'm, I'll ask the guests, you know, hey, for, leave a comment. Uh, if the hour was too long, if it was, you know, needs to be shorter, let me know. Because I need to figure out how to... Um, you know, the sweet spot and I'll find the sweet spot, you know, but I think, uh, you know, we at least talked the whole time, you know, we, we kept yeah. it knowledgeable. In my opinion, I feel like a good conversation is about an hour long it, and, and around yeah. halfway, 30 minutes is like, you really start warming up in the beginning. It's kind of slow, but once you, I feel like an hour is a solid. So basically if it, if it doesn't get to an hour, that means it sucked basically. <laughs> That means that conversation was uh, not, you know, inter- you know, the two people were not connecting, basically. Exactly. exactly. I'll just say that. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, me and you talk, I mean, we could talk probably for three, four hours on the phone. So I know me and you got a lot to talk about. So I guess, you know, I'll make sure, like I said, with, with future guests, just to kind of, you know, uh, stick stick to an hour, I guess. But leave a comment. Again, comment on the video. Um, this is going on YouTube, obviously, and then going on streaming services, but, um, you know, the YouTube is going to be the hustlepreneur life. Uh, so it'll be easy to find. There is an Instagram at the hustlepreneur life. Um, so yeah, check us out. Um, well, check me out, I guess I'm the sole kind of runner operator of everything right now. Um, again, we're mainly going to be focusing on, um, you know, basically help like motivation, business advice, real estate. Like I said, the podcasts are going to be good. Like, again, they'll get better and better um, as they go. Um, I mean, we, we got pampered with having a, a pretty good guest to start off with. Um, but every guest will be great because, again, every guest is going to drop some type of knowledge. So, um, again, Crackalack, thank you for being the first guest. And, uh, again, I'll uh, I'll always be talking to you every day. So, I guess. Exactly. Uh, I was about to say, I'll talk to you later. Yeah. Talk- <laughs> exactly. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. All right, guys. So um, that wraps up the first episode, uh, first podcast. Um, again, let me know how you uh, how I did. If uh, you know, if you want um, less time, more time, you know, just let me know. And again, if you have anybody that you want to see featured on the podcast, just uh, on the podcast, just 
again, leave a comment, tag them, shout them out, send me, you know, their info. Um, again, I want to, I want to be able to interview and talk to people that you want to hear and you want to learn from. Um, it can be, again, anybody related to business, real estate, e-com, um, again, just, I mean, he, again, crack likes a music entrepreneur. So anything, just let me know. Uh, we'll make it happen. But until then, um, I'll see you guys later. Thank you.